welcome to Unbroken. I'm Alexandra Amor. I'm an author, a coach, and a lifelong explorer of what it means to be human. This is the podcast where my guests and I explore the inside-out nature of life and the positive effect this can have on every aspect of our lives, including letting go of unwanted habits. You'll find episode show notes, transcriptions, your complimentary Freedom From Overeating and Other Habits video series, and lots more at unbrokenpodcast.com. And now, here's the show. Welcome everyone to Unbroken. Uh, This is episode one and I'm your host Alexandra Amor and I wanted to take the opportunity in this very first episode to introduce you to who I am and why I'm here and the work that I do and why I'm doing this podcast. So let's dive in. Uh, I'm an author and a coach and an explorer and I'm, um, I've chosen the title Unbroken for this podcast for a very specific reason. And those of you that are familiar with the Inside Out Understanding or the Three Principles uh, will know or perhaps maybe have an idea of why I've chosen that title. And for those of you that aren't, that are less familiar with those things, I'll explain along the way. And... Um, I want to talk today about, yeah, the reason I do this work. And one of the biggest reasons is that I've, I had an overeating habit for 30 plus years that I tried to fix with all kinds of things, every, all the things, as the kids say these days, and nothing worked. And it wasn't until I found this inside out understanding that that started to change. So that's one of the motivations behind the work that I do. I particularly focus on working with people who do have an overeating habit or other kinds of habits that are causing them suffering. And and again, we're going to talk about that a little bit more coming up here in just a moment. So a little bit of background on me. I had what I would call sort of your basic uh, growing up time, kind of a um, generic, you know, generic Canadian family, a mom and a dad, and I had a brother, and uh, my parents divorced when I was 11. And unfortunately, my dad was an alcoholic um, for his entire adult life. And that really affected his behavior around everybody and I found him to be quite frightening um, especially as a little child but even you know into my adulthood um, he was loud and big and scary uh, very angry and I know now that looking back that his alcoholism was to him it was a solution It was a solution to the uncomfortable feelings that he felt. Uh, I think it was something that he used to soothe himself. And 
Uh, yeah, so with hindsight, I can see I have a lot of compassion for him and a lot of understanding about what he was going through. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, as a child, you know, of course, not so much. I was just sort of frightened of him. And I, and I think what that led to was that when I was coming into adulthood, I felt very uh, insecure and uh, uncomfortable in my own skin and was really looking for answers. So <laughs> that led to just after I left university, I was just about to turn 22 and I accidentally joined a cult in Vancouver. It was 1989, I guess. And I should clarify and say that everybody joins a cult accidentally. Nobody does it deliberately. You join a group of people who have similar values or are fighting for a similar cause. Uh, whatever it is, you have something in common and it feels like, you know, the group feels like a safe place initially. And this, you know, in my situation, it certainly was the case. It was actually a meditation class. So it was being taught in downtown Vancouver by a woman who sort of fancied herself a psychic medium. And uh, she was teaching these meditation classes. And my mom had been going for a while. And so I had just moved to Vancouver, didn't know a soul other than my family. So I went along with her. And with cults, then what happens is it just gets kind of weirder and weirder, but at a very slow uh, pace that you, when you're on the inside of it, you, you don't really notice. And uh, that's how they get you, as they say. So, you know, at the time, I think I, I think I believed the cult had a lot of answers to those questions that I had about my own confidence and insecure lack of confidence and insecurity and the things that I felt were quote unquote broken about me. Um, and the cult was very much about being broken. I can see that now looking back that one of the ways that those of us who were in the cult were controlled was an emphasis was placed on our brokenness, you know, on our never measuring up, which is a very, it's kind of a classic um, element or strategy, I guess I should say, that cults use is that making, you know, on the one hand, building people up and then on the other hand, tearing them down. And so I definitely felt like there was so much wrong with me and that the cult would provide the group would provide answers meanwhile the cult leader and and the other leaders in the group were had created an atmosphere where nobody was ever good enough and there was this constant striving for acceptance and to be good enough and it felt like that those kinds of things were just around the corner you know it was just out of reach and if we just worked a little harder, did a little more, um, that would, that would come to us. And of course it never, ever did. So, um, after about 10 years through, um, a set of circumstances, I left the group 
and am very grateful that that happened to me because there are some people who were involved who are still involved to this day uh, and that this is like um, 20 something years later. So I'm very grateful that I got out when I did and um but what what that ha- what that created was that when I left the cult um I was going through a process of recovery and that took about I mean it's always ongoing but I would say the main part of it was 7 or 8 years almost a decade after I left and it kind of had ingrained in me the cult had this habit of needing to fix myself you know of feeling broken of feeling like I I was never good enough and I needed to improve and change and there were all these things that I needed to fix and so um Yeah, what what that created was just that habit of needing to fix myself and believing that I was broken. And in a minute, I'll talk about how this inside out understanding, uh, also known as the three principles is so different from that. And I was really trying to fix myself from the cult stuff. But also I realized from the things that had happened uh, during my upbringing. And one of my biggest issues um, starting in my 20s was my unhealthy relationship with food and I developed an overeating habit and I felt that if I could fix myself enough that that habit would go away and until very recently it didn't and all the things I did um, didn't seem to make a dent in what I was trying to do trying to fix that problem Uh, get rid of that habit and the approaches that I took were really healthy I you know I would sort of put them in this sort of healthy category I never really subscribed to thing you know things like crash diets and uh, really restrictive diets of you know marmalade and grapefruit for three meals a day or anything like that I did things like a lot of talk therapy, especially after coming out of the cult, um, cognitive behavioral therapy, meditation, mindfulness, um, EFT, I think that stands for emotional freedom technique. That's the tapping, uh, one where you start tapping different parts of yourself. Um, Weight Watchers and something called the solution and hypnosis and I mean, you get the idea. So uh, sort of alternative therapies. I mean, I think I can think the one thing I didn't try was acupuncture. But you know what? Maybe if if I had gone on a little longer, I would have done that for sure. And then um, in about 2008, I had done enough cult recovery that I felt like I was sort of moving on from that, not moving on from the trying to fix myself stuff but moving on from the specific uh, therapeutic work that I was doing around cult recovery when you're in a cult it really ties your brain in some pretty serious knots and uh, I could talk about this for nine or ten hours but what it does is it really changes the way you think um, and really 
limits your choices uh, for one thing. And so there was a lot of work to be done to kind of untangle all that stuff. And I liken it to if you were taking a brick house apart, I sort of with, you know, myself being the brick house, pulled every brick out and examined each one and had to decide, you know, is this something I believe in because I believe in it, because it's true for me? Or is it something I believe in because I've been told that it's true? And that's very labor intensive work and it took a long time. Uh, But then finally, in about, as I say, 2008, I was feeling like I was coming to a good place with that. And I realized that I wanted to write a book about the experience. So while I was in cult recovery, uh, the main part, the, the tricky, uh, challenging, intense parts at the beginning, I was looking for books to read. And there were, at the time, there were a lot of books available that were sort of in the sociological, psychological textbook kind of area. Like they were written by psychologists and sociologists studying the phenomenon of cults and they were fantastic they were incredibly helpful for me I really appreciated them and what I really wanted to read was somebody's personal story about how they got in to the cult and then what the recovery process looked like for them and I couldn't find that memoir now 20 years later 20 some years later there are lots of them and I'm thrilled about that but at the time Um, I just couldn't find the type of book that I was looking for. So in 2008, I started to write my own book and it was published in 2009. And for those of you on YouTube, I'm holding up the cover. Uh, It's called Cult, A Love Story. And I was very pleased with how it turned out and it... Uh, won an award when it was published so that was pretty gratifying and since then I've heard especially at the beginning um, lots of people letting me know that it really helped them uh, with their journey exiting a cult to understand what had happened to them so that was great and I really enjoyed that experience of writing that book and I went on and sort of focused my writing career on writing mystery novels at that point and had a side hustle uh, doing various things uh, as a self-employed person sort of virtual support for other people uh, and doing as much writing as I could and as I said trying all kinds of healing modalities to heal my relationship with food and none of it working and my weight kept going up and then in 2017 uh, a friend, well, actually I'll back up in 2015, a friend of mine, a very close friend had started mentioning this fellow, Michael Neal, that she was following. And because of my cult experience, I wasn't interested. And so everything she said just went in one ear and the out and out the other. I just wasn't prepared to, um, follow anybody in this sort of spiritual psychological realm at all I mean I I still kind of have a bit of a guru trigger Um, and so I just uh, unfortunately and dismissed what she had to say and then in 
And so she, and I guess if she framed uh, what she was learning from Michael, you know, that it was the inside out understanding or the three principles, I didn't hear that part. So then in 2017, we were chatting on the phone one day and she said something, something that Michael had said or some, something from a class of his that she was attending. And finally, it really caught my attention. And I just thought to myself, oh, that sounds really interesting. I wonder what that's about. And unfortunately, I don't remember what it was she said. So anyway, when we finished the phone call, I went to my computer and I went to Michael's website and he's got this series of uh, sort of information pages called The Basics on his website. And I just went and looked today and it's still there. And it walks you through a very preliminary introduction to the inside out understanding or uh, the three principles. And I read it through once and didn't really get it, didn't at all, you know, didn't really understand what the heck I was reading. It didn't seem to make any sense. And it was unlike anything I'd ever read before. So I went back and I started at the beginning again read the whole thing all the way through again, was just as confused, but was very intrigued. And as a self-help junkie at the time, I thought, okay, well, I'll try anything. So let me dig into this a little bit. So I read Michael's book, The Inside Out Revolution, and thus began my exploration of uh, the inside out understanding. And I've been uh, following that, well, how should I say it? I've been deepening my understanding, deepening my learning about it ever since. And I found that it really, you know, turned my understanding of myself and of life on its head in a really good way. And I noticed that gradually over time, I became much more peaceful much more joyful, much more connected with the people in my life that I love, uh, much, much calmer, and um, started to notice that things like I had had this uh, a sort of anxiety, urgency, a feeling of urgency for decades. It was just always there. It was like a demon breathing on the back of my neck all the time. No matter what I was doing, I had to I felt I should be going faster and and doing more and getting it done quicker. And I noticed that started to slip away. And but not as a result of me doing anything. Uh, that was the really interesting and peculiar part. So I continued writing my mystery novels and focusing on that part of my career. And then in, I would say, late 2021 or early 2022 I felt things starting to shift with me and I wasn't sure what direction they were going or what was changing I went through for those couple of years really not having a clear direction and I can look back at it now and see that that people use the expression you know being caterpillar soup that when a when a caterpillar turns into a butterfly, it doesn't just go into the cocoon and turn into a butterfly. It basically melts down into goo or soup. And that was 
I think, looking back, what was happening to me. And then in early 2022, I guess I... I started to feel that things were started to sh- starting to shift. I didn't, it still didn't entirely know what was happening, but I knew enough and I felt like it was the right thing to do to just trust whatever was happening and to resist it as little as possible. So that's what I did. Um, and one of the biggest sort of impacts that had happened to my life was my relationship with food. And early in 2022, I think it was, I published a book uh, called It's Not About the Food. And this, and so the book is about the three principles or the inside out understanding from a, or yeah, it's about, sorry, it's about the principles and the three, the inside out understanding um, as it relates to habits and to my relationship with food. I really felt it was important to share what I was learning because there's so much suffering that goes on with people with their relationships to food and to other habits. It's, it was definitely definitely the greatest area of suffering in my life and when I started to finally finally be seeing some relief from that because of this understanding I just felt compelled to share it now I have to say I rushed the publication of that book and went my gut was telling me not to go ahead and do it and I did it anyway and then I ended up unpublishing it and this must be in 2021, actually, not 2022. And then later in late 2022, I was able to revise it. I took some things out that I didn't feel were, I had, you know, articulated properly and added some things in the things that I had learned in the ensuing year. So that book is now available everywhere. Uh, and it's in ebook uh, paperback, hardback, and audiobook and large print. So I'm very happy about that, happy about how that turned out and about finally being able to articulate what was going on with me uh, related to food and to this understanding. So what else? Yeah, I guess... What I realized once I had kind of learned enough about this understanding was that in terms of my relationship with food, innocently, I was adding so much noise to what I was perceiving as a problem. So the problem I saw was that I had an overeating habit And then with all those modalities that I mentioned earlier, those strategies and techniques, I was heaping more and more and more noise and kind of interference onto um, what it turned out wasn't a problem at all. And of course, I say, yeah, innocently, because we don't know this until we see Um, what the inside out understanding is pointing to 
we're always, always just doing the best we can with the tools that are available to us at the time. And I did, you know, I did do my very best for those 30 plus years with all those other different kinds of tools. And now in hindsight, I can see that, you know, it perhaps was, I mean, there was a lot of suffering involved and I don't, <laughs> um, I wouldn't want to repeat that experience, let's say it that way. And at the same time, having gone through and tried absolutely everything else to heal that relationship and utterly failing and falling on my face, I mean, just so many times, what then happened was that when I discovered the inside out understanding and my overeating habits started to fall away, that was really good proof to me personally that I was on the right track, that this understanding was pointing to something very different. And the more I explored it, the more change I began to see and the more I realized that I I was and am and always am and so are you unbroken hence the name of this podcast that we are whole we are always whole even when our health maybe isn't great we have innate health and when we see that and begin to understand it insightfully when we begin to see that we are whole and well then then what happens is this need to medicate ourselves uh, falls away because there's no need for it you know I particularly thought that one of the things that I was doing was medicating myself with food because I needed to soothe myself so soothe myself because of the traumas that I'd experienced growing up and then also from the cult and then just, you know, all the other everyday uh, middling traumas that happen to any of us. And what I began to see is that that became unnecessary because I began to understand that our life is flowing through us and it has a natural ability to calibrate itself and to bring us back into equilibrium. That happens automatically without any interference from us or with, and without any of the tools and techniques that I was applying that were adding this noise to um, to the perceived problem of my overeating habit. And I guess that kind of brings us up to date. Um, once I had re decided to republish It's Not About the Food, I realized that I wanted to share this understanding in a, in a wider way. And that's why I've begun this podcast. And it's why I've begun coaching and mentoring people who want to let go of their overeating habit uh, and other habits as well. And 
So I just started working toward that and am so happy to be here now releasing episode one of this podcast. And so I hope that you will join me on this journey if you're suffering from some sort of habit I plan to provide uh, an interview every week. So every Thursday, there will be an interview with someone else who is exploring this understanding. And very often we'll be talking about habits, but sometimes we won't. Sometimes the person I'll be speaking to maybe focuses on another area of life. For example, I have an interview coming up with Tanya Elfersi, and she tends to focus on working with women in about perimenopause and menopause symptoms. Now, that sounds like a very different situation from having an overeating habit. However, she's pointing in exactly the same direction that I am. She's looking toward wholeness. And so when we begin to understand the universal nature of how being a human being works, it affects every area of our life. So everything from an overeating habit to perimenopause and menopause symptoms to our relationship with our spouse or our friends to our running our business or doing our job. It's just, uh, it touches everything. And that has certainly been true for me, absolutely, as I've explored this. So that will be the episodes every Thursday. And then on Mondays, I'll be doing uh, Q&A episodes. So uh, you can always, if you've got a question about an overeating habit or any other kind of habit or any anything else, uh, you can email me and I'll answer those questions on a Monday uh, Q&A episode. And the address for to submit the form to do that is alexandraamore.com forward slash question. And when you get there, you'll see a little form and you can fill that out and send it in. And I hope you do. And um, what I'm going to do today is in the show notes at unbrokenpodcast.com, uh, you'll find links to my books and to anything else I've mentioned during the show. And every week, uh, that will be the same. You'll be able to find all the episodes there. If you're watching this on YouTube, then, pardon me, I'll put those down below uh, in the little description box. So I think that's it for me. That's a little explanation of who I am, where I've come from, what I've been exploring, and why it matters to me. And the change that I've seen, and therefore why I want to share it with you. So thank you for being with me here today. I really appreciate it. And uh, you can look forward to episode two, which is coming out on Thursday, February 16th, 2023. And my guest is Christian McNeil, who has written a book on this very topic. The book is called Addiction, One, One Cause, One Solution. And uh, yeah, you can look for that soon. So thanks so much for joining me. Take care and I will talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening. I hope you found the show helpful and uplifting. You'll find all the backlist episodes and show notes at unbrokenpodcast.com. If you'd like to connect, go to alexandraamore.com forward slash connect. I'll see you next time.